reading from Revelation chapter 6. Now I watched when the Lamb opened one of the seven seals, and I heard one of the four living creatures say with a voice like thunder, Come. And I looked, and behold, a white horse. And its rider had a bow, and a crown was given to him. And he came out conquering and to conquer. When he opened the second seal, I heard the second living creature say, Come. And out came another horse, bright red. Its rider was permitted to take peace from the earth, so that people should slay one another. And he was given a great sword. When he opened the third seal, I heard the third living creature say, Come. And I looked, and behold, a black horse. And its rider had a pair of scales in his hand. And I heard what seemed to be a voice in the midst of the four living creatures saying, A quart of wheat for a denarius, and three quarts of barley for a denarius, and do not harm the oil and the wine. When he opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth living creature say, Come. And I looked, and behold, a pale horse, and its rider's name was Death, and Hades followed him. And they were given authority over a fourth of the earth to kill with sword and with famine and with pestilence and by wild beasts of the earth. When he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain for the word of God and for the witness they had borne. They cried out with a loud voice, O sovereign Lord, holy and true, how long before you will judge and avenge our blood on those who dwell on the earth? Then they were each given a white robe and told to rest a little longer until the number of their fellow servants and their brothers should be complete, who were to be killed as they themselves had been. When he opened the sixth seal, I looked, and behold, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black as sackcloth, the full moon became like blood, and the stars of the sky fell to the earth as the fig tree sheds its winter fruit when shaken by a gale. The sky vanished like a scroll that is being rolled up, and every mountain and island was removed from its place." Then the kings of the earth, and the great ones, and the generals, and the rich, and the powerful, and everyone, slave and free, hid themselves in the caves and among the rocks of the mountains, calling to the mountains and rocks, fall on us and hide us from the face of him who is seated on the throne, and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of their wrath has come, and who can stand? This is the word of the Lord. A reading from Revelation chapter 16. Then I heard a loud voice from the temple telling the seven angels, Go and pour out on the earth the seven bowls of the wrath of God. So the first angel went and poured out his bowl on the earth. And harmful and painful sores came upon the people who bore the mark of the beast and worshipped its image. The second angel poured out his bowl into the sea, and it became like the blood of a corpse, and every living thing died that was in the sea. 
The third angel poured out his bowl into the rivers and the springs of water, and they became blood. And I heard the angel in charge of the waters say, Just are you, O Holy One, who is and who was, for you brought these judgments. For they have shed the blood of saints and prophets, and you have given them blood to drink. It is what they deserve. And I heard the altar saying, Yes, Lord God, the Almighty, true and just are your judgments. The fourth angel poured out his bowl on the sun, and it was allowed to scorch people with fire. They were scorched by the fierce heat, and they cursed the name of God who had power over these plagues. They did not repent and give him glory. The fifth angel poured out his bowl on the throne of the beast, and its kingdom was plunged into darkness. People gnawed their tongues in anguish and cursed the God of heaven for their pain and sores. They did not repent of their deeds. The sixth angel poured out his bowl on the great river Euphrates, and its water was dried up to prepare the way for the kings from the east. And I saw, coming out of the mouth of the dragon, and out of the mouth of the beast, and out of the mouth of the false prophet, three unclean spirits like frogs. For they are demonic spirits, performing signs, who go abroad to the kings of the whole world to assemble them for battle on the great day of God the Almighty. Behold, I am coming like a thief. Blessed is the one who stays awake, keeping his garments on, that he may not go about naked and be seen exposed. And they assembled them at the place that in Hebrew is called Armageddon. O Lord, have mercy on us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Last week, despite a longer sermon than honestly even I was wishing for, we started out easily. It was easy to gather together last week and hear of God the Father's great glory in his heavenly throne room and his great majesty. And it was easy for us to hear of our Lord Jesus Christ being enthroned in heaven at the right hand of God the Father Almighty, immediately following his ascension. It was easy for us to hear Revelation chapters 4 and 5. Tonight... We hear of the result of Christ our Lord opening the seven seals on the scroll. And by the way, you can't see it now because it's dark outside, but come back on Sunday morning and look to that stained glass window, and you will see the Lamb who was slain with a victory flag that he is holding and he is resting on a scroll that has seven seals. Well, tonight we hear of those seven seals. 
The first four of these seals in Revelation chapter 6 are what we call the four horsemen of the Revelation. The first rider was wearing a crown, and he is seated on a white horse, and he has a battle bow in his hand. And this rider symbolizes all tyrannical military power. Especially because he rides a white horse, those who claim a divine right to their power. We can see these throughout history. Whether we're looking at ancient Rome or the ancient Greeks or later on the Holy Roman Empire with the divine right of the Pope. Or even if it is the power of a false god, we can see this in Islam or in those who claim there is no God at all, we can see the tyrannical power being symbolized in communism. And one studying the history of the United States and our military conquests could even critically ask, are there times when our own country might fit the mold of a military power that takes more than it ought to and claiming to do so for good and justice. But that's a different sermon for a different time. The second rider comes on a red horse and he holds a great sword and he has permission to do something terrible, to end peace. His blood-red horse shows exactly what he symbolizes. Bloodshed and murder and war. And because he has permission to end peace, we could even see that he symbolizes rumors of war, as our Lord Christ himself warned us would happen in the last days. The third horseman of the apocalypse rides a black horse, and he holds weighing scales in his hands. Because of the voice that comes from the midst of the four living creatures, we know that this horseman symbolizes a volatile supply of food. Whether it be famine or famine followed up by a bumper crop which results in inflation and price fixing. We hear of the fixing of prices from that voice from the midst of the four creatures, a denarius for a quart of wheat or a denarius for three quarts of barley. There's also the call to use up the overabundance of oil and wine before it spoils. Can we not also look throughout our history and maybe even not so far in past history where we see a lack of supply and then an overabundance of supply resulting in a very volatile economy and a volatile market. Let the reader understand, I guess. 
the fourth and final horse, we hear translated as a pale horse, but a better translation here of this word for pale is a sickly green color. This is the color that the ancient Greeks used to describe somebody who is so severely ill. And we even have this idea that somebody who is ill looks a little green and pale. This rider on this greenish, ghostly, sickly green horse symbolizes pestilence and disease, and he brings about death, and Hades follows him. And while we see these four riders come out on four subsequent horses, as we study history, and as we see the unfolding of this chapter of Revelation, the first horse might come out first, but the others closely follow. Close behind tyranny comes war, and bloodshed, and close behind that comes famine and volatility, and close behind famine comes pestilence and disease. But we get a break from these four horsemen. Because now John looks to the altar, and beneath the altar of incense, he sees the souls of the saints in heaven, and he hears their fervent prayers. Their fervent prayers, asking God, when will you vindicate our blood? When will you judge those who have killed us? But they pray not only for themselves, they pray also for their brothers and sisters in Christ who remain in the church on earth. Those who are not immune to the suffering brought about by these four horsemen. In the same way that Israel endured the sum of the plagues that were meted out on Pharaoh in Egypt, so also the church in earth suffers the results of these four horsemen. And when the Lamb opens the sixth seal, we hear of the end of the world. And along with the end of the world comes great terror because it is so violent and terrible. It's so shocking that those who are enduring the end of the world wish to hide themselves from God and the wrath of the Lamb by hiding in caves and under the rocks. But they cannot do so, for God is everywhere. For God sees all. But if we continue reading in Revelation chapter 7, we see that this is not the end. Because you'll notice in Revelation chapter 6, we only open six of the seven seals of that scroll. 
It's as if the Holy Spirit knew that John could only handle so much of these seven scrolls at once. So the Holy Spirit takes a break from showing John this vision and he gives him respite. And he says, look at the last day in Revelation chapter 7. See where Christ's church is at the end of the world. If you want to hear about that, come next week. Instead, we skip ahead to Revelation chapter 8, where the seventh seal is opened. As the seventh seal is opened in Revelation chapter 8, we hear silence in heaven for half an hour. Silence. Because the angels and all the heavenly host is in awe of Christ the Lord coming in judgment and great glory. And then remember what Christ's judgment and his second coming is marked by because we will hear it again and again through the revelation. There is thunder there is rumblings, there is lightning, and there is an earthquake. And as the Lamb opens up the seventh seal of the scroll, he ushers in the seven angels who blow seven trumpets, who bring in seven plagues. These seven trumpets end with Christ's eternal reign, which is marked by lightning and rumbles and thunder and an earthquake and hail. These seven trumpets resemble and are parallel to our reading in Revelation chapter 16. And this shows us something about how we should understand these three visions in the book of Revelation. Because there are those in the church who hear Revelation chapter 6 and Revelation chapters 8 and 9 and Revelation chapter 16, and they think that these are sequential events. That the seven seals are going to be opened... And then at another time, the seven trumpets are going to be blown. And then at a later date, the seven bowls of God's wrath and fury are going to be poured out. But that is not the case. These are parallel visions of seeing the same exact events from different perspectives bringing out different aspects of these plagues and suffering and even different aspects of God's glory. And all of this takes place and describes the totality of time between Christ's ascension and his enthronement in heaven and his second coming, Judgment Day itself. And so we move to the third of these visions, the seven bowls described in Revelation chapter 16.
These seven bowls contain plagues that are similar in nature to some of the plagues that the Lord meted out on Pharaoh in Egypt. In the first bowl, as the first bowl is poured out, it's poured out onto those who belong to the beast, that is, who belong to the kingdom of Satan. And they get painful sores, all those who bear the mark of the beast. And because this is my first time preaching on the mark of the beast, I can't just gloss over it from the pulpit here. There are those who say the mark of the beast is any tattoo. Or the mark of the beast most recently was the COVID shot. Or the mark of the beast is a microchip that you put into your wrist. Well, this mark is introduced to us in Revelation chapter 13. The mark of the beast is given to the forehead and on the right hand. But it is not given independently in the book of Revelation. The mark of the beast contrasts the seal that God places on his saints. God seals his saints on the forehead and on their hand in Revelation chapter 9. Now you and I are not marked with visible signs or visible marks. Rather, these are spiritual marks that we bear on our seat of thought and the seat of our action. That is, we bear the mark of God as we think according to his will, as we live our lives according to his direction. Contrast that with the mark of the beast is to think according not to God's will and God's direction, but to think and to live according to, well, anything that is outside of the scriptures. Now, the beast's mark gives some promises, otherwise nobody would be so foolish as to take it, the beast's mark protects its bearers from his attacks. The beast's marks allow its wearers to buy and sell in the marketplace, to be safe from all of his torments. But God's mark protects its bearers from all of his wrath. And you can only bear one. So the question is, which will you bear? Well, instead of answering that, let's move to the second bowl. The second and the third bowl are actually very similar. They're related the angel, the second angel pours his bowl of God's wrath into the sea, and the third one pours his bowl into the rivers and all springs of water, and they, all the waters, become blood. And everything in them dies. We see this elsewhere in Revelation earlier with the seven trumpets. 
the water becomes bitter to be drunk. And we even hear a little bit of what happens from the angel who is given charge over the water. That this is not punishment over the waters, but over those who bear the mark of the beast, over those who persecute God's church. Because the angel whose sole purpose was to take care of the waters rejoices in the destruction of his charge. Why? Because it means vindication for God's saints. Because then God's enemies can no longer receive sustenance from the waters, but they are punished. They must drink the blood that they themselves had spilled of God's holy people. Why is the angel so excited about that? The angel is excited because their Lord died for his church. The Lord's church is vindicated. And all heaven rejoices in that. The fourth bowl of God's fury and wrath is poured out on the sun, and there is great scorching heat that is granted by God's permission to afflict those on the earth. Maybe we could read a little bit of climate change into this and hear about global warming, or maybe we could hear about the depletion of the ozone layer and ultraviolet radiation coming and punishing us. But either way, we see the result of this fourth bowl being poured out. They do not repent. Or give God glory. The fifth bowl. The fifth bowl of God's wrath is poured out on the kingdom of the beast. And darkness is placed on all of the beast's domain. We see this happening as God punishes the devil's kingdom throughout all of history. But this is not just punishment of the devil. Darkness can hinder, but it doesn't completely shut down. This darkness is given as a warning and a call to repentance for all those who live in the beast's kingdom. Repent of wearing the mark of the beast and come into the Lord's kingdom before destruction comes upon you. But John tells us, those who bear the mark of the beast do not repent. The sixth bowl of God's wrath is poured out on the river Euphrates. Now let's not get lost in the weeds talking about how many times the river Euphrates has dried up throughout history. This is simply how the cycle of the weather goes. 
Instead, this is a spiritual and symbolical mark of the beginning of the last battle between the unholy trinity that is introduced here, the dragon, the beast, and the false prophet, and the holy trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The dragon symbolizes Satan. The beast symbolizes all political, social, military, and economic powers. And the false prophet symbolizes all false religion and includes all corruptions of the true Christian teaching and those who used to belong to the Christian church. And from the mouths of these three beasts come unclean spirits that cover the whole earth as the unclean frogs reproduced and covered the land of Egypt. And then the kings rise up not only from the east. Rather, to say they rise up from the east is a symbol of Babylon and Assyria and all those who would rise up against God's people. But before we lose hope, because they're rising up against the church, before we lose hope, thinking that we are completely surrounded by the forces of the devil and the forces of the world, we hear the voice of our Lord Christ crying out to us, Behold, I am coming like a thief. Blessed is the one who stays awake, keeping his garments on, that he may not go about naked and be seen exposed. Before you get discouraged that the world seems to be against you, that there is none who believes left in the world, or that the church is failing, be encouraged by the words of your Lord. He is coming. Blessed are you who stay awake keeping on your baptismal garments so that you would not go about in shame as the rest of the world and be seen exposed by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. But as we hear this great word of comfort from our Lord, we look back in verse 16 and see the forces of the world assembled against us at the place that in Hebrew is called Armageddon. And the seventh bowl of God's wrath is now poured into the air. Here in the seventh bowl of God's wrath, we hear a voice, a loud, great voice coming out from the temple, from the throne of God's itself. And he says, it is done. That's it. It's the end. And the end is marked by lightning and rumbling, and thunder, and an earthquake, and hailstones that make the hailstorm of 2009 seem like child's play.
hailstones that are over a hundred pounds each fall from the sky. Why is there thunder and lightning and rumbling and an earthquake whenever we get to the end of these visions? Well, remember back to Revelation chapter 4. What marked God's great voice and his great glory in his heavenly throne? His voice was like thunder, and his glory flashed like lightning. What we hear described in this seventh bowl of God's wrath in Revelation 16 is God the Father himself coming into his creation once more. Coming in in his unmediated, holy, and almighty presence. And when the almighty God comes in an unmediated way, he breaks through and destroys the creation that is tainted by sin. But by doing so, he makes ready and makes way for his new creation. That we hear about in Revelation 21 and 22. There are a lot of discouraging things that we hear of, whether it's from Revelation chapter 6 or Revelation chapter 16 or Revelation chapters 8 and 9, or we hear about the great beast or the harlot. But that simply is a description of what the world looks like now. Not as check marks that we have to go through with the newspaper before Jesus comes back, but as descriptions of what the Lord's church must endure as we patiently wait for our Lord's second coming. We could ask, why does he tarry? But he gives the answer to those souls who prayed from below the altar of incense. Rest a little while until the number of your brothers and fellow servants is complete. This is sweet encouragement to us as we endure to the last day. And as we endure, look to the throne because the Lamb who was slain sits upon it. Jesus has won the victory. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.